Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip focuses on the fear of getting old principle, plus an interview with marketing expert Jason Myers. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. Alrighty, I'm back with another episode of the Ask Philip podcast, and today is a marketing-focused show, right? Which is which is like one of my second loves, and I have a, a, a marketing expert, Jason here. He is the owner of Fast Signs. Where's your location at, uh, Jason? We're over in East Dallas. We're at 5616 East Mockingbird Lane. We are right next door to the original Campeses over here. Okay, y'all are, y'all are over there where all the money is. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get into marketing? Well, I've been a part of Fast Signs. Uh, man, it's been upwards of about 24, 25 years now. Um, my uh, my parents opened up a location, uh, a new Fast Signs location out in North Carolina uh, back in 1996, and I joined them as their graphic designer and um, kind of worked from there, but worked for them for about six years and then uh, got recruited into the Fast Times corporate office that's here in Carrollton and uh, worked over there between tech services and then in training there for pretty much the last about 16, 17 years and uh, before I decided it was time to venture off into my own. But yeah, so, you know, uh, marketing and design and things like that have just been a huge passion of mine for, you know, for most of my life. Uh, and I, and, I, and I, I'm known to throw curveballs in interviews as, as people say <laughs> something. So it brought a question to my uh, head. So you, if you if you got in in '96, then you've probably seen like the landscape change. You saw yellow pages get crushed. Oh man! You know, so like <laughs> you know, talk about some of the changes you've seen from '96 to now as far as marketing and design, and because I imagine like people don't change maybe what we like is design change but the process is similar you just you tell the story on different platforms right exactly exactly i mean it's yeah from you know in 1990 at least from the sign industry the part that i can talk about from that and you know signs are such a huge part of uh of uh, businesses marketing out there you know when i when i uh, came into this industry back in 96 you know every sign out there was for the most part made out of cut vinyl um, you know, so solid colors, big fonts, everything was, you know, simpler design, so to speak. Um, you know, cause full color at that time was either insanely expensive unless you did mass, mass quantities and were able to get in with screen printers and things like that. But for uh, just a single one-off sign, uh, you know, it was extremely expensive to do that in any kind of full color or, you know, there were at that point, there were still some of the, the, you know, the really old school sign painters out there that, painted the whole sign by hand, huh. which, you know, I've got a couple of friends that did that back in the day and my hat goes off to them every single time. Cause it's an unbelievable art form. Um, you know, those guys are just ridiculous what they can do, mm-hmm. but yeah. So over the, you know, uh, over the years at that point, when I came in, there was a, a brand new little bitty machine on the market, um, for the sign industry called the Gerber edge. And that guy would print, it used a, a, a thermal transfer process to print and it had a 10.8 inch wide print, uh, print width. So, you know, any sign that was bigger than about 10 and a half inches 
required multiple panels of it, but it could do full color. As long as you were seeing it from about 10 feet away, it looked great. Um, up close, it looked really, really bad. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so that, you know, that was kind of how that went. And over the, t- over the years, you know, obviously full color printing came into our world at a couple of different fashions and, uh, you know, it's kind of brought it to what it is today where, you know, we've got, you know, you know, the color, the type of color and the, and the image, uh, the image quality that we can produce is, I mean, nearly photographic. I mean, it's absolutely inc- incredible what the kind of image quality that we can put out these days, um, especially compared to back then. Um, and yeah, the, you know, from a marketing standpoint, yeah, the yellow pages, you know, used to be just about every business's single largest marketing expense was yellow pages. Uh, I remember in North Carolina when my folks uh, were renewing their yellow page ads, I mean, that was a fairly small market. I think even out there, it was oh, upwards. Uh, if I remember correctly, I want to say it was upwards of around eight or nine or maybe even $10,000 a year for their yellow page ads. Wow. Um, I could be mistaken on that. It's been a long time, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I know there were, I know for a fact there were some, some locations and some businesses, and especially in these larger, you know, markets like Dallas, you know, if you remember back in the day when the yellow pages were two, you know, about four or five inch thick books, mm-hmm. um, you know, advertising in those was, you know, could cost a company 40, $50,000 a year just to have their, you know, the big full page ad in there. Um, you know, and then of course, as online marketing has come on and, and the, the growth of social media and the growth of websites, I mean, hell back in 96, when I started this thing, you know, websites were still a very new thing. <laughs> right. Um, right. You know, a lot of, a lot of companies either didn't have one or they had a very minimalistic site. Um, you know, so it's, you know, the, the online world has absolutely changed, you know, everything about marketing and, and getting the word out to customers. And then of course you had the demise of the yellow pages and, you know, saving, you know, people taking saved a lot of money from that, but of course it's, you know, essentially that money just shifts into other avenues to, uh, to get their message out. Yeah. And I like picking on yellow pages cause I think when I, when I started my business, yeah, four years ago, um, it was a guy like my age try to sell me yellow pages, and I was like, "Listen, bro, we're, I know, I know you know that you're like working for the wrong company. What are you talking about?" Like, and he trying to sell me hard, and I was like, "Bro, like nobody even looks at this anymore." Right. Uh, right. Um, yeah, so. I mean, yeah. If you if you get one on your porch, you know, pretty much everybody I know just kind of takes it right away and throws it straight in the recycle bin. It, they don't it, keep one in the house anymore. It, exactly. But but signs, right? So see, so I'm 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 negative on a lot of things, but signs, I feel like you know, signs are like timeless, right? Because you know, internet's getting a big portion of everything, but we we still spend so much time on the road and driving, and then once we get these driverless cars, we can watch. We can watch more signs, right? Because then we don't have to really. I mean, people already are not paying attention to the road anyway. But when you don't have to drive, you can see more signs. So I feel like signs have a long, long way to go. Absolutely. When you start looking at different statistics on signage, and and everybody does these kind of studies. The SBA is a huge one. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce has run a number of studies, along with several uh, you know business schools and business colleges and universities. Signage creates so many different touch points with your customers. From, you know, from the static signs, you know, your standard pole signs that are out there in front of a building to vehicle graphics, you know, vehicle graphics have become just a bigger and bigger and bigger thing. And you see these, you know, see cars and trucks wrapped, you know, full, full color wraps all over the place. Some look great. Some don't look so great. Uh, But, you know, when you think about graphics, even on, on a standard delivery truck, you know, that average delivery truck out there creates 16 million impressions every year. Um, 
you know, and for the, when you compare the cost of that, when you look at it from a cost per impression standpoint, there's no more affordable way to, to get your advertising out there than signs. What, what are some of the creative things that some of your clients are doing with signs in 2020? Um, this year it's obviously, it's just been about getting attention. I mean, that's the biggest thing to letting people know they were open, you know, through this pandemic, um, you know, back in mid March, when all the shutdowns started coming on and essential businesses were, you know, trying to stay open and the restaurants were having to change everything about what they were doing as far as, you know, making that shift from the, uh, you know, from in restaurant to curbside or deliveries, uh, you know, we were doing so many banners every single day for, for our restaurant friends just to just to get that word out and we were trying to use you know we were doing everything we could to stay with their branding but get nice bright colors out there and as big as we could make them um, to stay within the laws and to stay within you know not to not to make their neighbors angry but uh you know we were just we were calling out you know big words big fonts but making them super simple to read um you know because one of the other factors with signs if you're driving down the road the more more wording more text that's on a sign the less the less readable it becomes because you know the human brain can only interpret so many words quickly before it has to really think about what, what it's seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tried our best to help those guys out with it. Um, uh, let's see, you know, some of the other big creative ones, you know, again, like they've said, the banners were the big ones. Uh, we just started doing a lot of sidewalk signs, you know, you see the A-frames outside everywhere these days. Um, you know, the great part with some of the, you know, with the, the A-frames is the, the inserts can be changed out. So, you know, every month or every week or whatever they want to do for different specials, um, you know, those, those make them very affordable to be able to change those graphics out. What are some of the important principles, philosophies you've, you, you've used to help run your business? Yeah. You know, since I, since I worked with families so much in my early in my career, we're, you know, we're a very small business over here. It's uh, my team has it consists of me and I've got four people on my team. As part of that, I mean, we really are a, a small family, um, you know, so I, I try as best I can to treat all of our team here like family. You know, everybody here plays such a giant role in it. And then, of course, you know, with our customers, um, you know, we treat them with the absolute utmost respect and professionalism that we can, um, you know, because they're, you know, ultimately they're the entire reason that we even exist here. So, um, so those are probably, those are kind of a couple of the biggest ones is, you know, essentially basically just treating, treating people good. And then what about some principles uh, you use for, for life, for life goals, life success? Um, for me, you know, I'm a huge believer in the work hard, play hard. Um, you know, my grandparents and my mom instilled that in me when I was a little kid. And, you know, I work, you know, I work extremely hard trying to do everything we can here to, you know, to take care of my wife at home and uh, as well as take care of my team here and our customers. And, uh, but also, you know, on the, when I'm not here, I'd like to, I'd like to get out and play hard too. Um, you, know, you got to have some kind of a balance out there, um, you know, and then as, as and then kind of just, you know, like I said, said before, even, you know, the business side of the personal side doesn't change a whole lot. It's just, you know, treating everybody like I want to be treated, you know, just treating people with respect and dignity and, and just being, being nice. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a great, great philosophy. What, what my, so coming into, coming into COVID and I guess this might've played to your business's strength, but, um, what was your mindset when COVID hit and everybody started going crazy? You know, how, how'd you put together your game plan to run your business uh, through COVID? Uh, you know, it was, it was really interesting when all, when it all came down, you know, cause I think, you know, I'm hope, hopefully I'm not any different than anybody else. But of course, the first time I heard that, 
you know, when the county was, when it was just starting to be talked about that there was going to sh- be a shutdown coming, you know, it was kind of like, oh my God, what are we going to do? You know, how is this going to happen? How, you know, how can we do this? But, you know, aside from trying, you know, obviously the initial th- pro- thought process was a little bit of panic, but, you know, just trying to stay, trying to stay calm. Mm-hmm. And our French, you know, the, the, you know, Fast Signs is a franchise. And, you know, one of the best things about being on a franchise operation is we've got an, an unbelievable franchisor. Um, you know, our, the, you know, I hate to say parent company, but the parent company, so to speak, they're the ones that they give us this, you know, ridiculous, you know, crazy amount of support and are there for us every step of the way. Um, you know, the couple of months leading up to uh, mid-March here in Dallas, when everything kind of started shutting down, our franchisor uh, had used a lot of research and a lot of uh, contacts that they have in different uh, places up in Washington and, and other areas of the government just to kind of find out a little bit more about kind of what was going to happen. And uh, back in 08 and 09, you know, when the market crashed out um, and everybody, you know, we kind of went into that recession back then, uh, the corporate office had put together a, a document that kind of outlined, you know, how to protect your business during a downturn. Mm. And a couple of months before March came in, they were republishing that, you know, obviously updated a handful of things, um, you know, over the last 10 years, but, a lot of those same principles applied and it was all a matter of, you know, just, you know, monitoring, you know, keeping, you know, taking care of your cash, watching your cash flow, collect, you know, collecting on balances, um, you know, obviously scaling back on, on growth plans potentially, you know, and just, you know, basically just, you know, like everybody, like anything else in business, you know, cash is king and you want to hang on to as much of it as possible because we don't, you know, we still, we still don't really know how long this thing is going to last or what it's going to do. Um, so the real big mindsets were kind of around that. And, you know, from a personal standpoint, I kind of, you know, my goal, ultimately my goal is not to really change that darn much other than taking the right precautions. You know, you know, obviously here in our business and with my team, you know, we took all of the safety precautions to heart and, you know, we did the masks, you know, we, you know, I was monitoring temperatures on everybody coming in, you know, we closed our lobby down for a while where the only way you could come in would be to call us, uh, and we did a lot of curbside service ourselves, you know, um, you know, so we followed all the guidelines, you know, we were, thankfully we were considered an essential business. So we were able to stay open the entire time. Cause we take care of a lot of other essential businesses uh, with signage and advertising and whatnot. Um, you know, so we, we talked a lot with our franchisor. I, I've, I've got, uh, you know, several contacts there from, especially from the time that I worked up there. So I talked a lot with them. I talked to a lot of other franchisees and other, other people that I know that are business owners, and, you know, just kind of use them for guidance and bounced ideas off. And, um, you know, and like, yeah, and then, you know, once we kind of got past that initial shock of it, it was just, okay, here we are, we're going to keep rocking and rolling. Um, you know, obviously we were able to, uh, you know, we just got to keep our eyes on the ball and, and just focus and, you know, tighten the belts a little bit and make sure that we're not, you know, wasting anything, not spending any money or money that we have to. Uh, just to make it through this, and then you know, and do everything we possibly can to to be there for our customers when the time when the, when they're ready for us. Yeah, no, I like I like that, like that. What and 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 just so I know, and other people want to know, when it comes to signs, I mean, y- y- y'all do everything, right? B- billboards, building signs, regular signs, sign, uh, like. Wh- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can we can help with virtually any kind of a, uh, visual communications out there. Um, you know, billboards are one of those things that for us, we personally don't generally get involved in with those because okay. that's a whole different animal right there. But um, between us and partners out there, we can handle any kind of a signage out there uh, from, 
you know, from the simple, you know, from a simple banner to yard signs, uh, to vehicle graphics, to and for vehicle graphics from simple lettering to full wraps, um, you know, posters and, you know, even, even some small format printing, you know, business cards and flyers and brochures and those kind of things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you essentially, you know, the way I like to look at it, if you can put a logo on it, we can make it happen. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Right. And are there, are there some things that you do to strengthen your mind, body and spirit? Uh, you know, I mentioned before, I've, you know, I've got a, a, a very, very good, uh, supporting network out there, you know, several you know friends that I've had for obviously years and years and years and some newer friends too, that I've just been meeting over the last couple of years that I've been in business for myself. And, um, you know, I, I like to talk to them frequently just to, you know, just to keep my own head straight and bounce ideas off and use them as a sounding board and get guidance from them. Um, and then from the, you know, from the rest of it, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge believer. My wife will attest to this. I'm a huge believer in just, you know, getting some me time, just some good quiet time just to reflect myself and just to relax a little bit and try to unwind and try to decompress, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so to speak. Um, you know, uh, we moved here a few months ago and uh, bought a house that had a pool on it. And when it was nice and hot outside and the water was nice, you know, I mean, there was just nothing better than just floating in the pool and enjoying a nice beverage. Yep. Yep. No, I, I, I like it. My, my wife, my <laughs> wife wants a, wants a pool and I'm like, let's just wait. Let's just wait. I think I'll convince her to wait though for, I think I bought myself like five, five to six years and then we're probably going to have Oh man. Okay. So. I'm, I'm trying yeah, to well, yeah, we had to we had to move a little bit just to help my commute a little bit, um, <laughs> just to save my sanity on the on the drive time. And the one of her one of her requirements for moving from our old neighborhood was it has to have a pool. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep, yep. So, are you a football fan? I am. I I love football and uh, who's your team? Yeah, may not. Yeah, it may not be too popular around here, but I'm a I'm a Packer fan. I'm a cheesehead. Okay, they they have like a Packers bar here in Dallas, right? Yeah, there's a couple of them. Um, I've been to a couple of them here and there, and uh, you know, I fly the green and gold outside the house at home. So there's a big flag on the front of our house with a big old Packer flag, which you know irritates some of the neighbors, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is what it is. I have to say, I'm 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 a Saints fan. I, I um I took Facebook off my phone a month ago, and so I haven't been talking the normal trash that I talked during football season when the Cowboys <laughs> are getting smashed. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm. Everybody probably like, where'd he go? Why is that? Why is that talking trash? I'm like, man, oh, I'll, man, I'll put it back on my phone after these elections. Everybody's crazy right now, dude. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what, yeah, I, I, trust me. I wish, I wish there was a way you could just block any of the political nonsense going on on Facebook, just to, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. to, just to get out of that mess because yeah. it is a, it is turned into a cesspool. Well, I, I definitely appreciate you um, um, sharing. Can you let everybody know where they can reach you, and then just share anything you think that you know, listeners might want to hear about you in the business. Absolutely. And I certainly appreciate you having us, having us on over here. Um, yeah. So we are, again, we're located at uh, 5616 East Mockingbird uh, right here in Dallas. We're like, so we're right next door to the original Campeses. We're across the street from the, uh, from the old Kroger where the uh, Dr. Pepper station sign is. So you can't miss us. Um, they can give us a call here at 469-206-3488. Or shoot us an email at 630 at fastsigns.com. And you can always visit our website too, and it's fastsigns.com forward slash 630. Um, and yeah, we would love to help you with any kind of challenges, any kind of projects, um, you know, any different way that you think that you want to get your, your your brand and your message out there. Awesome. I know exactly where you are now. That's we take that um we take that train to the fair sometimes. We like drive okay. past and park over there. 
And then yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, we're right down the street from Mockingbird Station. So yeah, huge, huge dart area right over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, I see a Dr Pepper uh, sign. It's like that's like an <laughs> old independent theater over there too. I think. Yep, the Granada is right around the corner from us down here on Lower Greenville. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Well, thanks, Jason. Well, enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, good luck with the Packers. They play, who they played on Sunday. Uh, um, I forgot. I, it's gonna be a bad part. I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, no, it's okay. I, <laughs> I, 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 was, I, was, I was watching ESPN this morning, and they were talking about um, uh, Rogers and 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 Brady. How how hard of a time they're getting this 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 season. Yeah, that's, that's actually who they play. Yeah, they do play New England. Okay, that's that's why that's why they were talking about it then. Um, so yeah, that'll be a good one. So good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday Sunday afternoon, they're they're down in Tampa Bay. So yeah, that'll be a that'll be a hell of a game. <laughs> uh huh. Absolutely. Well, en- enjoy your weekend. All right, Phil. Thank you so much. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. So for the month of really into September into October, I've been working with my team on building a five day email series called Building Wealth After Age Thirty Seven: What Smart Advisors Won't Say. And it's a five-day email course. The reason why I built it was there are so many people out here building investing courses. And they cost thousands of dollars. And I've had a couple of friends and clients take the course and come out more confused than how they went into it. And they'd spent a thousand, two thousand bucks on it. And I know the people who are writing some of the courses and not a knock on them, but they don't have the experience and knowledge that a wealth manager has. And they definitely, at least some people, are taking the course thinking with an expectation of what they're going to get and they're not fully getting it. And so I was like, hey, listen, I'm going to build a course specifically for the people that want to know how to invest. They don't want to be a day trader, right? They don't want to look at charts all day or read the Wall Street Journal all day or do all this research. They just want to know, okay, how should I be investing to one day become financially free, reach my retirement goal, Right. I want to enjoy life. I'm good at what I do at work. I don't want to become a money manager. I want to know how to invest. I don't want to just rely on some financial advisor or wealth manager to tell me. They don't mind working with them, but they want to know, all right, what is the process? What should I be doing? How should I get educated? So when they, so if they work with a wealth manager or an advisor, they understand what's going on. Or if they don't want to work with one, they have a good plan in place or a good thought process in place or decision-making process in place to help them build a plan to help to potentially reach their goal. And so uh, that's the course, Building Wealth After 37, What Smart Advisors Won't Say. I literally just took what I learned over the 14 years, put it into a five-day email series, short and concise. But after the five-day series, you will have what you need to uh, build your plan or go talk with a wealth manager and feel confident in the conversation. So check it out. If you go to StonehillWealthManagement.com, it's on the front page, StonehillWealthManagement.com. It's on the front page. Put in your name, email address, and it'll go to you. I won't be spamming you. You'll get the emails, and and then you'll also get the weekly podcast episodes uh, sent to you. So that's it. Check it out. Let me know your thoughts. So next principle we're going to focus on this week, and if for those of y'all who are just getting into the podcast, I had like, I don't know, 250 episodes before this that were interviews and, and, and very technical. And so I'm probably for like the next, I don't know, four or five, six months, maybe a year, focusing on, on principles, focusing on the big picture stuff. Because I feel like the big picture stuff is what's more important. The, 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 the minutia, the small stuff, 
is how you apply the principles to individual situations or individual questions. But I feel like if you can understand the principles, a lot of the questions um, you'll be able to answer your yourself and or you can sort through the noise on the Internet if you have the right principles when you're trying to figure out your own answers. But I'll also, you, you have a bunch of episodes to go back to where I answer very, very specific uh, question. A lot, I think I've, I've probably covered just about every kind of question that I've gotten about money in the last 14 years or so. So this principle is about the fear of getting old and how it impacts your money. So here's what plays out for a, a lot of people. And I don't, I don't think anybody's really, really immune. We've all kind of experienced, experienced this at some, some level or will experience it. But when we're young, we, we really take our youth for granted, right? We, we run around, we do crazy things. We don't really understand the the treasure we have, right? And and I'll let you apply young to your own definition. But my definition is, kind of, you know, teenage years, 20 years, we're just like, I mean, you can eat what you want. You can, you know, you can be crazy. You can make big mistakes. It's just, you know, and you don't like, and 40 is, seems old or 50 year olds seem old, right? It doesn't seem like so much time ahead of you. And then what ends up happening is you get, get older, maybe, maybe get married, have some kids, get a few, get a few grades. My four year olds giving me a lot of grades. I love them to death. It's probably just timing, right? Timing too, but that he has such a strong personality. I'm getting off track, but you get some grades, right? And, and you start realizing, you start seeing your parents and, you know, they starting to get up in age and you start going, wait a minute. You know, I remember when mom and dad were like Superman and Superwoman and they're actually like not invincible. And you, and you really begin to think about like, you know, aging and getting old because your heroes are you're like, oh, man, you know, they're getting up there. And so that fear of old age may may start to kick in. You might start thinking about it. Some people, you know, and and this period of time can be you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, right? It's a, not a short period of time where you're going through this, but you might start buying just crazy stuff, right? You might say, oh man, uh, I can go ahead and buy this now because life is short. Or you might do crazy things like skydive, right? My my side note, my wife thinks me doing Muay Thai is like some sort of midlife crisis from, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm 36. It's not a midlife crisis. Like I've done martial arts off and on my whole life. I say, I'm just, you know, I need to. I need to get in shape. I needed a hobby. It's a good hobby. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe psychologically, you know, this is this is my way to to deal with the getting old. But hey, I like it. It makes me happy, and I'm all about being happy. But you might be doing crazy crazy things like taking Muay Thai and skydiving. But from a money standpoint, the the, the negative way that I that I see it plays out because the other ones aren't necessarily, you know, negative in and of itself. But where it negatively plays out is the, a lot of people will stall out on planning, you know, whether it's doing the wills, doing a trust, insurance, retirement planning, because they don't want to, they don't want to actually like really think about preparing for what happens in old age, right? And by the way, you know, and I'm talking about death, right? But by the way, like old, you know, old age, uh, you can die at a young age, right? But I'm just, but, but at the time when you're realizing that, hey, life is short, the thing to do should be to prepare, right? Once you know, get your will and trust done. Make sure you got the proper amount of insurance to protect your family if something were to happen, right? Plan for old age retirement. Even if you don't plan to retire, you want to work, you want to have the option to have some money in your later years so you don't have to work. So you want working because you want to, not because you have to. But that fear for a lot of people, and a lot of people don't even realize the fear is is stopping them from planning, but the 
the fear of not wanting to think about it, right? Not wanting to face it, not wanting to say, yeah, one day I'm, I'm going to be older. It stops them from planning. And so the people that I've seen successfully, you know, navigate that fear is they, they focus on the present, right? They appreciate each stage uh, as they're there. So, so when, you know, and I don't know how much you can appreciate anything in your, in your teens and twenties because you appreciate everything, right? That's just, that's just the time where you're just exploring. And so nothing really you can do there because I think most teenagers and 20 year olds do live life to the fullest. But when you become a mature adult, you know, the positive is like, and this is what I'm seeing. Like, I feel like I, you, I begin to better understand myself. It's definitely like, you know, I, I put in work in twenties and I'm, I'm mid thirties, but I feel like, all right, now I'm starting to get, I'm starting to make a, you know, I'm starting to make money. And the compounding effect of the money I'm making is getting exponential, right? Every single year because I've honed my skills. I'm mature. The maturity is showing. I can attract people in my life with more money, which means more pay, right? And that, that, that didn't, that didn't apply if you own your own business or if you're a wealth manager. Just if you've been doing a job for 20 years and you've gotten, you put the right work in and you, and you're good, you can demand a, a, a higher salary. You get, you know, more freedom. Right. More freedom because you've done the hard work in the beginning. You know, I, I in my 20s didn't have much time at all. Now I could I have the time and some money to do things like Muay Thai, which is my midlife crisis, I guess. And the other part is like in your 30s and 40s, you, you know, I have I have some friends that are like, you know, 40s that just gave up on exercise. They're just like, oh, I'm just I'm just fat. You know, I'm just. Uh, blah 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 blah. I'm like, bro, you're only you're only 40. Mike Tyson's about to fight some. Like Roy Jones Jr. is 51. Mike Tyson, I think, is like 52, and they're about to go eight to ten rounds in a ring. You're not like, no, you can still do a lot of physical exercise way longer than what you think. And so that part of your life is not over. I think a lot of people in their 30s and 40s think, oh yeah, you know, um, I'm not in my 20s. So uh, I'm I'm like, no, like you're not you're not done. Maybe you have to make sure you stretch before workouts. You know, and, you know, and maybe you can't get drunk the night before you go work out the next day, but um, you still have long years of being able to work out in your 30s and 40s, way longer than what you think. So keep that in perspective. And then once you get your 50s and 60s, I call those like your the positive about that stage that you can really appreciate is it's your it's your reaping years, right? I this is what I really believe. I believe you know, men and women that have taken care of themselves, I think you 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 look the best at a, at like a you know how like you can eat a fruit when it's, it's it could be too ripe, you can eat a fruit and too early and it doesn't taste great, or you can eat it, you know, when it's spoiled or old and that's not good, but when it's like perfectly ripe, it's when it tastes the best. I think fifty and sixties are like that ripe period where you know from a look standpoint, taking care of yourself and you're reaping. I call it reaping years because you make money. Like you make crazy money in your fifties and sixties from all the compounding effect. If you did it right, right. If you didn't do it right, I feel sorry for you in fifties and sixties. But if you did it right, that's your reaping years, and 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 you can and you can appreciate it. And let me side note: if you didn't do it right, then use your fifties and sixties to take all those skills you have, all that self knowledge, and go ahead and just do as much as you can, so that in your seventies you're not like eating cat food, but the 60s and beyond is what I call your reflection and blessing uh, generation years where you're what I call earning your spot with the ancestors. And so some people might think, 
oh man, that sounds super depressing, right? Philip, the first first ones you said were good. Like, yeah, blissful in my teenage years and 20 years, mature adult years, I like that. Reaping years, I like that. But like, you know, reflectioning, blessing generation years, you know, I don't, I don't understand the positive about that. And and so this is for me. I was less comfortable with death in my 20s, right, than I am, you know, even now. I'm more comfortable now, A, because I'm prepared, and B, just just maturity. And when and when you talk to anybody who's, when I talk to a lot of anybody who's, you know, 70, 80, you know, they're not really afraid of death, right? It's just the natural, they've, they've lived along, like they're, they're thinking, I'm just thankful that I, I lived this long. I know a lot of people who didn't live this long. I've lived a great life. You know, I'm blessed. Uh, I've been able to see lots of things happen in my lifetime. And, and what their, you know, what their mindset more is, they're just trying to, you know, pour their life force, right, into the next generation so that you, so that they could, you know, live forever in some sort of deep way, right? If you invest your energy and what you've learned and things into future generations, those things live on through the people that you've learned to bless. And that becomes a whole nother just mission and thing that, 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 that would make, you know, me excited and people that I see that are living life in their 60s, 70s and 80s and loving life. That's their mindset and they, and they appreciate it. But going back to what I said in the beginning, the goal is just to be present, right? Don't worry about how you're going to live like in your 60s if you're 30, right? Worry about that when you're 60, right? Worry about how to live, you know, don't reminisce on your, you know, 20s when you're in your 50s because now you got a lot of lots of other blessings that you have in your 60s. So, so I think a lot of times we're more afraid of old age than what we need to be, right? Talk to people at different, you know, talk, specifically I recommend people talk to people in their 80s and 90s. Like it's it's therapy and when you like you're when you think, oh, they're not really that afraid of being 80, you know, you'll be like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm more afraid of, like, being afraid. Again, the one I talk to have been content. They're wise. You know, I, I love the stories about saying, hey, I love seeing my grandkids get married or getting to meet my grandkids, right? I've, you know, I have family members who, you know, were literally were born and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't vote, right? Or their parents couldn't vote. And now they've seen, like, the first black president you know, ever. And, and they've also been able to watch the blessings, uh, be, be blessed with the greatness of LeBron James and everything he's, he's done in this recent finals for all you Brian haters out there. But so, I mean, takeaway, it is what it is. Don't waste a second longer wishing it wasn't. Uh, you're going to waste your precious time not being happy about what you have today. Be present. And I, and I have not done this, but I'm going to recommend two really good books that I just love for this mindset whenever I start thinking too much about the past or thinking too far into the future. One is called The Present. It's a great book. It's a short book. I'm forgetting the author, but The Present, like The Present, P-R-E-S-E-N-T. Oh, Spencer Johnson. That's who wrote it. Spencer Johnson. It's a great book. The other one is Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. It's kind of a, he wrote it, I don't know, three, four years ago. It's the up to me. It's the new version of the present, a little bit longer, but it talks about being present. Like I, you find a lot of happiness by just appreciating where you are right now and not worrying about the future or the past. As a matter of fact, I think that's like a a verse in the New Testament that Jesus talked about too. Um, he's a pretty wise guy as well. Whether you believe he was the son of God or not, like that's also just to go listen to his teachings. They're amazing about that kind of stuff and being present. He's like a pretty pretty happy guy. So 
the wrap up. I'm gonna get y'all's thoughts. I recently signed up for ESPN Plus because at first I thought it was like a really bad idea that Disney bought ESPN and they were doing this Hulu package. I like the Disney part. I don't really like Hulu and ESPN. I thought was dead, but I got the package because they had some good boxing fights. And I'm a casual UFC fan. I don't. I don't really love all the wrestling part, but I'll watch some fighters who who are strikers. And they have a couple of good fights coming up over the next six months. So I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and get it so I can get the pay-per-views. And, and I get boxing and some of the UFC fights that I want to watch, you know, over a 12-month period of time. So so it was worth it. And I got it. And it's it's great, right? It's a, a, a really good deal. If you're a sports fan and you like sports, right, you get all the program. But then they also have this show called The Detail. The details like where they they got it for basketball they have it for ufc lots of different types of sports but they'll take people that are experts in that field you know i'm pretty sure they had kobe giving this commentary on some different basketball players in different basketball games but man that's really good like if you if you love a sport for example i'll use the ufc for example which i'm not a huge fan of but daniel cormier's episodes on different fighters and him teaching you fight IQ of what they were doing during the fight. That was uh, a great show. So I'm now a fan of ESPN plus Disney bundle. It's only $12.99 together. They don't sponsor my podcast, so maybe y'all should. Come write me a check, and I talk about this every single week. But it's actually a really good buy, y'all. Check it out. That's my wrap-up this week. Have a good one. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.